Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining us for the uh, third episode of Podcast Nonsense. I'm Patrick Krebs, and I'm here with uh, Joe Bronio, and he is a Nickelodeon supervisor and a Twitch TV broadcasting genius. And um, we're just going to hang out, have a nice little conversation. How's it going, Pat? Good. How you doing? Doing good. Woke up nice and early, had uh, some crazy German apple pancake thing that my girlfriend made, and started my day. <laughs> What's that about, man? She loves to cook. She's passionate about food, and uh, she gets an idea in her head, and then she's like, what do you want for breakfast? And I'll say something, she's like, well, what do you think about this? And I'm like, yeah, you win. I'll, I'll eat whatever you're making. <laughs> what makes a uh, an apple pancake German? Yeah, It's not actually a pancake. Uh-huh. Uh, it's this weird, it's kind of like a, um, a popover, if you've ever heard of those. It's it's more like a pastry Interesting. than a pancake. Interesting. I, I mean, it was delicious. but How do you cook that? Uh, in a skillet. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of like a, a like a, a creamy brioche in a way with Ooh. with uh, like cinnamon apples in it. It's yeah. like poached cinnamon apples. I mean, delicious. Yeah, that sounds really good. Yeah, she's she's really a good. she's a food genius. Yeah, that's great. Is she like a professional cook, or no. she just likes having fun with it? Yeah, she uh, she has a lot of time on her hands, I guess, and so she likes to devote it to that. That's her hobby, like uh, you know, Twitch and, and games and 3D is my hobby. So. Cool, cool. Yeah. Um, so you were saying before that it's weird that you can hear me through the headphones, but you can't. Yeah, there's this weird divide. I'm sitting right across from you, mm-hmm. and uh, it's almost. I almost feel like I don't even have to look at you because I'm talking through a microphone and hearing you through only my headphones, kind of like on Twitch when you're using TeamSpeak and stuff. But then I look up and you're right there in front of me. It's yeah. like, oh, oh, hey, what's going on? Uh, it's totally weird. It's, yeah. uh, it's like there's a wall between you, and mm-hmm. it's it makes you... I don't know if you uh, edit what you say or what, it, but it puts you in a different mindset when mm-hmm. you're talking to somebody like this. For people that are listening, we're basically sitting at my kitchen table just across from each other. And um, I'll take a picture of it so that you guys can see it on the website. I'll post it on the website. But it is, uh, it's just a simple setup through a laptop. And uh, it's, it's kind of weird to yeah. listen to somebody through microphones and a headset. It looks good, though. I mean, it looks professional. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks. I'm trying. Yeah. Um, so tell us about Twitch TV because this is something that I went home over the holidays and it's pretty funny. I was trying to explain Twitch TV to like my 64 year old parents and, um, it's a really new phenomenon and I'm not sure that I think a lot of people are just catching on to it. I know it's been in the community for a while, but it hasn't really been, it's not out there in the public sphere, like the way YouTube is, Mm -hmm. you know? So yeah, that's true. I, I think that uh, exp- I've had to try to explain it a few times as well. I mean, you know, first of all, video games, people take a, a, a view of video games generally like, oh, you play video games. That's a waste of time. But mm-hmm. I, I don't think they realize the value of play and the value of interaction and the value of um, finding a community that you can connect with. And that's exactly what Twitch is. For me, I, I honestly started streaming so that I could show somebody my desktop while I was playing a game. And then random people came in and they were watching me play this video game and asking questions. And then I beat my teacher mode popped on and, you know, it's, I just went full steam and all of a sudden I had a bunch of followers and I was like, okay, I could do this on a more regular basis. So what do you do on there? Uh, I mean, I, I have a, I've kind of um, started changing what I do, but for a while, all I was doing was streaming this one game called Dawngate, which sadly after two, three years of development and beta and, and open beta um it finally uh, ea pulled the plug and they're gone as of the fifth which is just a few days ago mm. so that game is over and that's really unfortunate because that's actually how i got ak or how i got big and i'm doing air quotes here because it's not really big but mm. I, I do have partnership which is a rather interesting uh situation too but i got that through working very closely with this game company while they were designing their game i was kind of uh a, their Twitch community member that I streamed their game. There was a bunch of us, but um, I was one of them, and they they helped me get partnership, which was pretty interesting. Um, but uh, what is you want to explain partnership? Sure. What's partnership on well, Twitch? Well, normally you can uh, anybody can stream. You have you don't even have to have a camera. You just have to have a streaming program and something to some sort of gaming content because that's the rules of Twitch. It has to be some sort of game related content. So. Um, 
when you become a partner, well, people can follow you just like they can on YouTube and stuff like that. But once you become a partner, they can actually support you. They can pay you money to watch you, which is really an interesting situation. It's, it's almost like if you were watching ESPN and you threw $5 at the screen every, every month. Uh, you know, the, you, you pay $5, you get um, special uh, symbols that you can type into chat, you get a few other uh, bonuses and stuff like that, and, and obviously the undying love of the Twitch streamer himself. But $2.50 goes to Twitch, $2.50 goes to the streamer. So, um, you know, it's, it's really interesting. Once you find someone you really like, you kind of are saying thank you. Uh, for providing entertainment, because that's essentially what we are. We are entertainers. We're, it's like going to a movie for nerds. Mm -hmm. Not mm -hmm. that nerds don't go to movies, but it's live. Uh, you know, you get to and you get to interact with the actor on the screen. Um, so it's a really interesting thing. You, you, it's kind of all started from video games, um, but uh, like I said, I've been changing it up lately. Um, after that video game died, uh, Dawngate, uh, I decided that it was. Um, it was time to start doing um, something else, and it just happened to coincide with me uh, leaving Nickelodeon, which is going to be in a month or so. Uh, and so I decided that, well, if I'm leaving Nickelodeon, I need a new job, and uh, I kind of want to get into games. Why don't I do some 3D art on Twitch? Mm -hmm. Why don't I stream that? Uh, and so I started streaming 3D art under the game development tag, mm -hmm. and it's perfectly allowed on Twitch, but very few have done it. And then all of a sudden, there are bunch of people doing this thing and i don't know that i was the one to start it i definitely don't I, I definitely wasn't i saw dota people and and other artists doing it but um i've gotten quite a few followers just from streaming 3d in preparation for a new job so if i'm going to be at the computer i might as well be doing i might yeah well be streaming. are the people that are watching you are these people that are like uh are doing it themselves that want to get into the industry you think they're just people that are that just want to see an expert work at their art art craft or are these people like are they developers i think it's or? a it's a large mix actually you have video game players who are largely interested in video games and how they're made and mm. uh maybe maybe they they didn't know they were interested in how they're made and now they're watching it and they're going oh wow this is how much it takes and it gives them a really deep appreciation for video game development and and granted i'm not making a video game i'm making mm -hmm. a single asset but the time that goes into it they go wow, that's crazy. I don't know how you have the patience to do this. Games are so much more amazing than I thought. Uh, then I've also interfaced with uh, developers. For example, um, a game called Monaco, Pocket Watch Games. Mm -hmm. uh, I was interfacing with them for a little while. Obviously, the developers of Dawngate uh, while I was playing that. Um, and uh, so you do, you do get the interaction uh, of a bunch of different people. And obviously, once you're streaming 3D, 3D artists will come in. And they just so happen to be people who play video games, too, or people sure, who sure. are in the industry. And, and so there's a lot of, like, tip giving and uh, teaching in both directions. So it's not just beneficial and entertainment for them. It's informational and it's also entertainment for me. If I'm going to be at my computer just droning away doing work, why not do it with some friends that you've made on the internet? Yeah, absolutely. How did the guys from... Uh, Monaco is a really fun game. I thought it was really inventive and, and kind of new and kind of fun to play and very indie, you know? Mm -hmm. um, what was the name of the company that... Pocket Watch Games. Pocket Watch Games. So did they just come watch you did they hear from other people in your channel or how did you get connected to well, those guys okay so uh i guess i'll start from the beginning on that one i i also um design board and card games with my buddy joe awesome uh, also joe so um we've been de designing board games for the past five years and i just came up with this new one and i was like oh man i want to turn this into an app an actual you know uh take it from board game status to an app status and i was trying to do some research on art styles and i, I remember man i loved monaco so i went to their site and once i was on their site and i was just like perusing the the game and mm -hmm. i noticed that hey they're working on a new game called led to fire which is a really cool um kind of uh, uh really fast minimalist rts style game um so then I noticed that they had a button on there called, uh, you know, join our chat, our IRC chat, mm -hmm. and the developers are in there. And I was like, whoa, that's kind of awesome. I didn't realize how big or small this company was, but once I got in, I realized it's only about four people, uh, and that's amazing. That's four, so people. crazy. It's great. That's and, so crazy. And they're all super nice, and they're open to ideas, and they're interfacing directly with people who are in their alpha and, and beta for this game. I think it's still an alpha. Um, so I started talking to them, and I was like, well, what is this? And oddly enough, I ran into somebody who constantly watches my stream. 
So I saw in real life. In, no, in, in the chat room. Oh, in the chat room. Yeah. Okay. So um, I was in there, and and he's like the blue muzzy. I'm like Zanaro. No way. So I was like, oh, that's awesome. For people at home that don't know or who are familiar with Twitch, um, if you do go to Twitch and you're looking for you're looking for Joe, his gamer tag is the blue muzzy. So Correct. you can find his channel under the blue muzzy mm-hmm. Twitch, on, on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash the blue muzzy. Yeah. Uh, M u z z y. Yes. Uh, so anyway, I ran into him, and then we got to talking, and he said he's been involved in this a while, and I was like, oh, that's great. So uh, I started talking to the devs and asking questions about their game, and they got me in, and then the next time that uh, I was um, attempting to stream the game, we had like 40 people watching, which is uh, is not a lot compared to some of the Twitch streamers, but it was a really good amount, and it was good publicity for their game. And they even gave me some... Um, they were awesome, and they gave me a few... Uh, keys for Monaco to give away uh, in stream cool, and cool. everybody who signed up for the alpha for led to fire got in. So it's really a, um, a kind of a cross promotion when, when you look at it that way. And I think it's a wonderful thing. I think more developers should be jumping on with people who are streaming their game and, and boost their numbers and also, you know, boost their game. It's free advertisement. Yeah, that's amazing. I remember one day when you were talking about this at work. So I went on there and you said that I would really like the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went on there and sure enough, right in the, there was an IRC channel that was on the website, you know, and I just started talking to people and they were really receptive and really cool. And it was just, it was just the community of people that were playing and looking to connect to play games with each other mm-hmm. to test the alpha. And um, I was like, how do I get, you know, how do I get a key for the alpha? And I, I mentioned to you, I said, I'm friends with Joe and can I get a, you know, what's the deal? And so they were like, uh, the developers are like away at another computer right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you wait a minute, the guy you want to talk to is, I think his name was like Andy Nguyen. Andy. Yep. And, uh, He's one of the coders. Yeah. So he jumped on as soon as he saw somebody talking about what we were talking about. So he, uh, immediately engaged me, immediately gave me a key and uh, it was just really helpful, really thoughtful, and and really helpful with getting me set up. Again, an amazing resource for um, for indie developers, especially. Yeah, totally. I mean, being able to connect with your audience while you're building the game, I think it's the new model, right? It's it like is. if you wait for your product to be finished before you launch it, you've waited too long. Right. I guess is the saying that. Or I'm or you've um, invested too much in it, and then. Uh, without without knowledge of how well it's going to do mm-hmm. there's the whole thing of you know pre-releases and alphas and betas and what do those mean now because they used to mean something completely different and now open beta closed beta and and pulling in uh, i mean it's very common to run into somebody and go oh yeah what, what kind of games are you playing oh i'm playing this uh closed beta game that's that's a very common thing that you hear most right, gamers right. now yeah and on uh, on Steam, I know they'll have like early releases where you can get into the beta or get into the alpha. I've done and... my fair share of those, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of times, what ends up happening is you you get into it and you enjoy it, and then you realize, well, it's not really done, or there's no place for me to go yet. Um, I'll just go to the forums and talk and 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 you know build friendships and also suggest and and uh, mm-hmm. learn about how games are thought of when they're being designed and it actually if you are interested in being a game designer it's one of the best places that you can go because you just pick up so much of that tweaking and and the the small changes and the balance iterations and i think it's it's awesome i mean if sometimes you step away from the beta for a while and you're like i'll just wait till it's released it's really mm-hmm. not going to be for me until it's released and that's up to you, uh, but I think that if you get started and you you at all start um, enjoying the game, you should stick with it because the more support that a game has in beta, the more likely that it'll be released uh, to greater effect. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, you're just sure. one, but one matters sometimes. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, the the whole community environment is so uplifting lately. I yesterday at the end of the workday, I posted I posted the podcast on the podcast. Uh, subreddit hmm. on reddit you know and i was scared to death about that because Congratulations. I was like, i'm just I'm, I'm opening i'm just <laughs> opening myself up to the trolls it's a right? big move yeah. it's a big move right yeah. so i posted it up there and i was just very like super humble mm-hmm. i was like this is this is brand new this is something i'm trying please like any feedback negative or positive like i'm happy to hear it so if you want to troll me troll me you know now imagine you if you're sure. doing it live uh, yeah, yeah, instantaneous right? trolling. Instantaneous. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I got a couple of comments back immediately that were like, 
Uh, there was a button that I had on the website that wasn't working. Oh, great. Somebody was like, your website's gorgeous, but this button's not working. Look at and that. And I was like, whoa. Free bug testing. Yeah, I was like, whoa. <laughs> so I went and I fixed the button immediately. Mm-hmm. Then I had somebody that was like, you don't have a link to the RSS feed, and I'm on an Android phone. Mm. And I had no idea Look at that, that, yeah. that was like a thing for an Android phone. So I set that up right away. And I mean, you can only do so much learning before you start a project, any sure, sort of sure. a hobby. You're going to learn way more doing. Uh, it's it's like coming out of college. You think you know everything. And you get on the job and you're like, I know nothing. Yeah. It's very humbling. But you grow so much more once you start doing it. Oh, totally. So, I mean, good for you jumping in. That's. I mean, it's the only oh, way to do it. It's yeah. the only way to do it. You just get going. It kind of works itself out. Yeah. Uh, actually, it's it's... It's very much the same way on Twitch. You you're, you start streaming and you're like, I'm like, for example, when I first started streaming 3D art, I, I'm very critical of myself, hypercritical mm. of my own work. And um, oftentimes it doesn't really come together until close to the end. And, and then it starts like, okay, man, this looks good now. And, and uh, the whole time, if you're streaming that kind of stuff, people are watching you and they're going, oh, and they're backseat modeling or backseat gaming. And mm-hmm. you're like, oh, God, you guys are crazy. Come on, let, let me just do this. You don't understand the process. And, and once once you say that, once you kind of, you know, obviously in a nice way and, and they start understanding that, uh, you do repeat yourself a lot. But uh, eventually it comes together and you're like, damn, that thing really came together. It's like, yes, that's what I've been saying. And you get over that fear, though, of uh, other people criticizing your work. Um, whether it's good or bad criticism, whether it's constructive or detrimental criticism, uh, you kind of just get over it. You, you're thin, your skin gets so much thicker. Mm-hmm. So. That's something that uh, we talked about last week when I had, I had a friend on, Anna, and she is like a writer or producer or director. And we were talking about just creative blocks and how um, they're just, there aren't really creative blocks because you just have to get into it and you just have to keep working, you know, mm-hmm. and you'll, you'll in your mind all the time, your ego will pop up and say, you know, you can't do this. Or you're not good enough or nobody's going to like this or whatever, you right. know, and you just have to like push through it and be like, I'm not listening to you. I'm just going to, I'm just going to power through this. It's going to come out fine in the end. And if it doesn't, maybe the next thing, the next thing will turn out better because right. you've got all the experience from the first thing, practice right? and experience. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's a very, very true statement. So um, you've, you've streamed on Twitch as well. Yeah, so I started stre- streaming on Twitch, and I did a... I have... There's this phenomenon now where they have these Steam sales. Obviously, the winter and the summer Steam sale. If you're a gamer out there, you know what I'm talking about. Say if goodbye you, to your wallet. Yeah, if you don't, um, there is a, a website called Steam where you buy computer games, and... Steam powered. Steampowered.com. Mm-hmm. And when you, uh, like twice a year, they have uh, crazy sales where they put games on there for like a couple of bucks, you know, or they'll do. Or even less than a dollar. Yeah, or less than a dollar. Or, or bundles. You know, Absolutely. they'll do like bundles where you get like an entire developer's. You'll get like mm-hmm. EA game, like every EA game goes from on the sale. last or year for like all of the Prince bucks. of Persia's, which are like 12 of them. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Exactly. Totally. Yeah. So, you know, uh, there are some games that you look at and you're like, I want that right away. Well, you become a collector too. You're yeah. almost like, I'm never going to play this, but I have it. But I and have. If it. I wanted to, I could. <laughs> right, right, right. And it's it's very similar to how I am with actual physical board games. It's I will buy a game, and I've I've got I've gotten way better at that, but uh, because it takes up physical space as opposed to digital space. But, right. Uh, I I can I have games on my shelf, and that's a shelf game. That's a shelf game. Oh, yeah, I have it. Maybe if we ever get five or six people together, we can play that. Maybe right. if we ever have three hours together, we can play that. You know, the, some of the bigger games become shelf games. So it's very much the same. You we do the collector. same thing. We have, uh, like, board game nights. We'll have a board game night with people, and, like, somebody will bring over a game we've never played before, mm-hmm. and it'll be amazing. Mm-hmm. And then, like, two days later, we'll go out and buy it. Right. And then never play it. Right. <laughs> you know, but, but we you have, have it, it. <laughs> just in case, just in case we exactly. need to play it, you know? Yeah. So uh, Steam has these sales and every, there are games that you want right away that you buy right away, but there's some games where you're like, uh, this doesn't feel like twenty a $20 game to me. This feels mm-hmm. like a $7 game, you know? And you know that if you just wait until the next season, whether it's the summer or the fall, they it'll have be flash sales. Yeah, they, they have a bunch. It'll be yeah. on sale, so you put it in a wish list, and it'll pop up on the sale. So. And it alerts you. It's a really great system. You do need to download a client that kind of houses all these games, much like um, other companies have their clients. Uh, I just dislike them. Origin and 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 uh, there's Origin. Origin works for me like forty percent of the time. Exactly. I know. Everyone it always has crashes. With Origin. Yeah. 
it's uh it's bundled in that whole like SimCity debacle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've got these games that I really want to play that I've never played before. So uh, one of them that I really liked that I was playing last week was uh, Laura Croft and the Temple of Osiris, which just came out. And I played, you, you played the first one as yeah, well. Yeah, played through it. It's on the website. You can check it out. Um, and I played the first one, which was Guardian, yeah, Guardian of Light, which was really fun, which I totally recommend. A little puzzle heavy. Okay. You know, uh, the way that like uh, the first Uncharted game is kind of grindy. Gotcha. You know? And then it got more more story evolved. But um, yeah, so I've got these games that I want to play, but I've never played and are kind of obscure. You know, it's not like you're playing Destiny and you're streaming Destiny. Everybody right. knows what Destiny looks like. You well, know? Plus, if, you, if you're streaming to gain viewers, you're just competing with the big guys who already are jumping on the main titles that are out right now. Right, and they're already right. pulling the biggest audience. No one's going to watch somebody who has two viewers when they can go watch the guy who's exciting and... I mean, they don't know about you. They don't want to take a risk on you. So uh, I commend you for, for taking the uh, Thanks, the, the road Thanks. less traveled, I'd say. Well, and it's also like it's a, it's a time map on the game, too. If you're playing a game like Dragon Age, I don't even understand why people watch other people play Dragon Age. Uh, it, it's like I can a tell hundred, you why. 170 know, hour but, game. But I can tell you why, because I think gamers are making um, a large move due to what we were saying. Oh, I have this game. I totally want to play this game. But a game is just an experience. Um, if it's something like a puzzle game, you want to figure out the puzzles yourself. Right. However, if it's an adventure game uh, like like um, Bioshock and a bunch of those others that are more story, they're so heavy in story because that's where games have moved, which is great. I mm-hmm. love it. Um, Dragon Age, for example, great story, terrible mechanics. I don't want to play that game anymore, and I'm pretty far into it. Wow. Uh, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to go watch videos of it. It's my entertainment. It's like watching a football game. Interesting. It's like watching a you know any sort of sports thing, any sort of movie. It's just another piece of entertainment for us. So mm-hmm. I think that people are going, f- excuse me, people are gamers specifically are going from. Do I want to spend $60 on this game and probably not finish it because I'm not going to enjoy it that much, but I do want the story? You know what? While I'm doing this other thing that I'm doing, I'll just watch this. It's kind of like watching TV. Mm-hmm. It's just a live version, or you can watch the you know the recorded versions. But I, I think that's definitely the shift in the um, the gamer mentality is... is uh, Probably brought on by the Steam sales. I'm going to blame the Steam sales. Okay. On this one. okay. Yeah, yeah, I think that's where we'll go. I think there's this phenomenon that's going on, too, where you've got, uh, for example, Netflix is out there. And Netflix, Netflix brings to you, like, all available content that's cre- been created in history so far. You know? <laughs> right. You know? I it mean, really it's, it, it cycles through. But, you know, you want to go watch Chinatown with Jack Nicholson. Mm-hmm. It's on there, you know? You know what's really bad, though, is sometimes you get on there, you want to watch a movie, and you just can't find and it's anything not there. you want to watch. Not there. No, or, or you just can't find anything that interests you for that's some true. reason. I just want them to implement a search feature that lets mm-hmm. me search by rankings. I want my mm-hmm. friends to be able to rank you know Interesting. and i want to be able to look at my friends rankings hmm. more of a social aspect yeah, and a, that's a that's networking. really cool too yeah. yeah pulling in the social aspect so it's like can you imagine being let's say you're an 8 year old kid right now okay like as you evolve as like an 8 year old kid you know you you grow into like being a 15 year old you're starting to like watch the content on i know for i know for me growing up there's some old movies that i go back and watch but you know, uh, people are still. Ma- I I just mentioned Chinatown. I've never sat down and watched Chinatown. <laughs> you know. Okay. But I've watched like uh, Bringing Up Baby, which is like a, a Cary Grant movie. You know, you watch these old right. black or uh, Arsenic and Old Lace stuff like that, or old Hitchcock stuff. But you, you know, you can't get to all of the content. And I feel like with the video, the way that video games are emerging right now. Um, there are just so many developers and, you know, we're talking about like pocket niche communities where 40 people are going to watch you play the alpha of, of this game. Sure. And, um, you know, there's just, there's too much, there's too much out there. You know, the same reason you're buying games and you're not playing the games just to have them for when you can buy them. Mm-hmm. You know, you're saying that there are some games that you just like don't have the time to play. Could also you be know. doing it for research, uh, and I don't mean like writing a paper research, but hmm, do I really want to buy this game? I'm going to watch the first 20 minutes of this game and see if it's interesting enough. See if the mechanics really pull me in. Interesting, yeah. And and what's on top of that, what you get is um, you tend to subscribe or even um, you know follow or subscribe to people who are uh, entertaining because you start trusting their judgment. Uh, it's kind of like how some people listen to you know Siskel and Ebert. Right, right, right. You right. Know, uh, it's like, oh, two thumbs up. Well, this guy said this game is 
horrible. Like Rise the other day, we were talking about that. Yeah, yeah. Don't play that game. I watched Dan's <laughs> Gaming played it, play it. Okay. And I was disgusted as much as he was. And I trust his judgment on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I watch him because I trust his judgment on games. So, in other words, if I ever see him, uh, or, or like Total Biscuit, for example, if he ever gives out a rave review, it's like, okay, I, I trust his judgment in games. I will probably play that game. I will, however, watch him play it for the first 20 minutes just to see, and I don't want anything more spoiled, so I'll probably just get kind of that teaser. Uh, luckily enough, he does the uh, WTF series, which is really uh, great on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, so he kind of explains the game to you and, and how he found it and how he feels about it and gives that mini review, and that's super helpful for probably hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah. That's super cool. Um, so you were talking about a uh, like a card game that you were developing with the other Joe. Yeah, we have we have like fourteen games. We actually just went to a um, uh, I don't know if you know about the website Meetup.com. Yeah, it's a yeah. great great resource if you ever want to make friends or get involved in something that you're unsure of. It becomes a support community. Um, I just got sent a Meetup site for Cron. Do you know what Cron is? No. Cron is for people that are really into medieval sword fighting. Oh, excellent. And they basically like the it's, they, they're basically building like an Aikido for European medieval mm. sword fighting. That's awesome. And there's a meetup in Burbank. Oh, great. And it's like a dollar a session. So you're going is what you're saying. I really want to go, you can but go I have watch, I know. haven't like I haven't <laughs> built up the courage to do that right, and right. Uh, you know the girlfriend's vetoing it right now. Gotcha. She's like, no, no, that's not cool. Like she won't let you do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. She's well, saying, I've yeah. never been vetoed on something. Right. Well, so far, maybe she's been reserving it for the right time. She might be right. Maybe this is it. <laughs> maybe maybe this it. is it. Uh, so with the games, uh, I just went to a meetup session that this um, this guy um, uh, made. It's uh, it's called the Secret Potion Society or Enter Secret Potion Society, something like that. Um, uh, by Andrew and and I wish I could tell you his last name it's like Fetter Spiel or something like mm-hmm. that but he he's great he's a super nice guy and him and his buddy Matt uh, Matthew Austin I do know his name um they're designing this game and they invited like I don't know like 20 people over basically and they all went over to his house and we played the game and we gave him feedback it's a really cool community but that's the like the second time Joe A and I have kind of dove into that and we uh we're nervous. The community is huge and established and we don't know what the hell we're doing, but they're super nice and they're all welcoming and they're all helpful and, um, even encouraging. So we're going to meet up with them again and we're going to, we're going to play test like out of the 14 games we have, we have probably, I'd say five or six that are really ready for more play testing. You have like 14 games that you've developed with Joe. In pipeline right now. We've been doing it for five years and we, like I mean, literally, I, I there was a game that I designed on Twitch. Uh, I so I decided one day that I was going to design a game from start to finish on Twitch. It's kind of a challenge, uh, also to um, indoctrinate my my viewers that I normally have into that, so that I could potentially start making my stream more game design and not necessarily uh, digital, but but physical board right, game right. design. Uh, so it's a game called Dust Bunny Rumble, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean it's it's technically called that right now or temporarily called that with uh i I was my girlfriend was cleaning the vacuum and it was uh, i was outside with her and we were just talking and cleaning the vacuum and i looked down and there's this giant giant dust ball and i'm poking it with a screwdriver and i'm like in la la land right and my girlfriend goes where are you right now and i'm like what i'm i'm designing a game she goes i knew it and she's like what is it and i'm like dust bunnies she's like okay and i was like i'm gonna pitch it to you real quick so basically it's a game where you're a dust bunny and you have to over the course of a year grow the biggest but there is obviously competition uh and you're in a house in an environment where the house is changing whether um uh you can or can't get bigger it's also uh throwing things at you like a cat a dog and and a a a robovac like a roomba although we can't use roomba obviously but like a robovac and so it changes the dynamic in every room and the paths and you know so i i I literally i sat down on stream i was like honey i'm not available for the rest of the day take calls (laughs) right so i sit down on on twitch and i start up my stream and 
gathering my thoughts, opening up Google Docs, which is a godsend. And all of a sudden, I've got like 40 people watching me. And that's about the average that I get, by the way, 40. <laughs> sure, uh, sure. 40 is great, dude. It, it is. I mean, but I used to get like 100. The most I've had is like 275, which was pretty big. But that was back. That's intense. It was really nerve-wracking, yeah, honestly. Yeah. But uh, so I've got about 40 people watching me fumble through this. And, and that's nerve-wracking as well. But it's also really great because you're... you're um, you're trying to prove every single decision that you make, you're trying to prove to them uh, why this is a good decision. So you're talking through it out loud and not, it's not just in your head. Yeah, you're and crowdsourcing the decision-making absolutely, process. Right? Absolutely. Um, I mean, you don't want to let them backseat design. Sure, but sure. You are crowdsourcing in a way of like bouncing an idea off of them. How does this sound? Mm-hmm. Um, and then they say, uh, yeah, no, what about this? And you kind of disregard that because this is your game. Mm-hmm. You're designing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for it gives 12, you a bag to pick and choose it from. It does, yes. And so for 12 hours, I streamed. And it was awesome. And the game has gone through three or four playtests. And it's already, we decided on a, on a version. It's an Ameritrash game, so it's a very simple. Mm-hmm. It's not for someone of our age. It's What's Ameritrash? Ameritrash, uh, as opposed to a Euro game, Ameritrash usually has less strategy. <laughs> That's yeah. And, so and it's, Ameritrash it's not necessarily is the, a bad thing. It's just, let me get this right. Ameritrash yeah. is the label for Americans that make board games. No, no. Ameritrash is a genre of board game. It's, it's a like genre a super type. Um, okay. For example, Monopoly, Roll and Go. Uh, or Parcheesi, Roll and Go, all Ameritrash. Okay. Uh, shoots and Ladders, Ameritrash. Very little strategy. There is strategy, of mm-hmm. course, but... Um, but it's not like a German but board it's not game. A it's Euro not game. Agricola exactly. or Puerto Agricola, Rico. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. Uh, settlers, etc. Mm-hmm. Even though Settlers is still a little bit... Uh, I don't think that should ever be played in tournaments because it's not strategy enough. It's kind of a counting game. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. 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 You're... you're, you're you know, you're kind of playing with what you got rather than really making, you know, you, you can tell who's most likely going to win from the start almost. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for an advanced player, yeah. I mean, it's the yeah. way to get newbies into. It's yeah, the, it's the I still entry think that that game, game I, I don't necessarily believe in entry board games. Uh, we can talk about it's that like the, later. It's <laughs> like the gateway drug, the German board See, games, I don't, dude. I don't believe in gateway games. Really? I don't. I really don't. Oh, man. Catan got me. Catan well, was my Well, of course. And, uh, and, but everyone claims that it's a, a gateway game. However, if I, I could have given you 50 other games, and I guarantee you would have been hooked on the more strategy gameplay. Um, it, Catan is... They put it into the category of, of gateway game. I just I just don't believe in that. We're talking about, so people out there know what we're talking about. We're talking about a board game called Settlers of Catan. Uh, if you haven't played it, go out there and pick it up. It's pretty fun. It's a board it's, game that is simple and, uh, and is different. It's different than anything you've ever played if you haven't played it before. You will lose friends. Oh, really? You've lost friends over? No, not, like not, Mono- really, not, not like Monopoly <laughs> not or Risk. Like, no. You'll still no. be able to call your family and, and talk to your parents <laughs> after playing this board game with them. Yeah. Um, but it gets a little heated, kind of like mm-hmm. Clue. Clue might get a little heated or yeah, something. Sure. I haven't played Clue in like 30 years. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, that's why I got heated, because it was 30 years ago, yeah, and you yeah. were a competitive little snot, right? <laughs> yeah, that's very much, yeah. Same Absolutely. way. But, it, but anyway, so designing the game on stream was a really fantastic experience for me. And now I've designed uh, three or four other games on stream. So is Dust Bunnies, uh, this is going to be like a card game or a board it's gonna game? It's going to be a cardboard game. Yeah, a, card- a, a card and board game. So card essentially, you can just say it's a board game. Okay. And you know that it's either a dice game, a card game, a board game, or you know any derivative but a physical thereof. Game. But a physical, a physical game. game. Yeah, board game's just a physical game, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a really fun little game, and we've actually sent it to go get a uh, prototype printed. We found several websites that will oh, print do have, it. Do you have a printer? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's not like a printer. You know, it's not like, uh, like well, I mean, a like big I was, company. It's just a prototype. We had, Jordan and I had an idea the other day that we wanted to that we wanted to set up, so I went investigating oh, for definitely. like prices and printers. So yeah. if you've got somebody. We do, yeah. we do. Okay. Super cheap. I mean, we, we printed, um, I think it's like a... a you know, 65 card deck or something like that for like seven, eight bucks. Okay. And, and they'll print one-offs, uh, uh-huh. one-offs. And that's pretty rare. Most, yeah, most, that's pretty rare. When, you, when you say, oh, you have a printer, a printer is somebody who only prints in quantity, right. mass quantity. Right. Um, we have a, a company that will do one-offs and stuff like that. And it's generally not going to be the best paper, but all we need it for is to have a physical to copy instead yeah. of printing and cutting like we've been doing, print mm-hmm. plays. 
they're good for some people, but I mean, we just didn't want to have to go through printing and cutting, what is it, 212 cards or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's insane. And it sounds like a lot, but that's that's pretty average. I mean, we have four season decks, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you 30, think about like Taboo, Taboo is 500 cards. Exactly. That's ridiculous. Exactly. That's it, ten, it seems that's crazy, That's 10 right? times a poker deck. Exactly. And, you know, and that seems crazy. And, and everyone thinks, oh, God, that's a lot of cards, and they're intimidated by it. But really, it, you shouldn't be. Just yeah, jump in. Yeah. And you're burning through them, you know, like you Cards Against Humanity, you're burning through you the cards. You burn through them, yeah. yeah. And you need a lot in order to make that game proper. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll, we're, we've, um, we're getting ready. We're, we're gearing up for a Kickstarter, which is, is really interesting. Very cool. Uh, we're super intimidated by that. It's, it's like another level of uh, uh, getting into the community because that's a different community. Kickstarter mm-hmm. community is completely different. And then you have to pull the gaming community into it. Luckily, I think the most backers ever uh on kickstarter a record has been for a card game uh do you know the oatmeal the yeah, online yeah. comic he they just, just they he just made he that just game broke the record i know he just yeah. broke it like shattered it and it was a board game and the problem with that is it's great it's wonderful the problem with that is that, that there's actually a lot of saturation going on right now in uh board and card games on kickstarter uh so you're going to get a lot of people trying and a lot of people failing and then it's going to get a bad name or something like that. Right, right. We're just worried about oversaturation, essentially. So uh, it's... Well, it's a good problem to have. It, 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 <laughs> to, I think to an extent. For example, um, anyone thinks that they can design a game now, which is wonderful. Right, right, right. I think there have been some amazing indie games, things that have just blown our minds, uh-huh. right? Um, however anyone thinks that they can make a video game now. Right, and right. that's also an issue yeah. because you're going to get a lot of crap that you're going to have to wade through. Yeah. Uh, you know, no offense to people. I mean, my games might even be crap to you, but it's all taste. And, yeah. and but so you're just going to oversaturate. And so you're going to have good and bad, but you're going to have a lot more of it. You know, that's the best argument I've heard so far for, uh, I joke about curate, you know, people say this curated content. Amazon says this is a, a curated shopping cart. You know, this is a, curated game selection for you and it's just like Hmm. dude i don't i don't need you to regurgitate and feed me stuff you think i need right you know but you're absolutely right i mean as the as these as these things grow into crap and non-crap you know 90 percent of it's going to be just garbage yeah and you really need people that are like you or people that are like me who are playing these games to be able to like deter to curate absolutely to say this is a good game this is not a good game yeah. You know? Yeah, it's true. And and obviously like I said you have to connect with the person who is doing the commentary or has the opinion. It's an mm-hmm. op-ed. Everything we're doing is yeah. an op-ed. Yeah. So it just needs to find its audience. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. Interesting. Where do you uh start with something like that? Oh, for for people that are uh, listening here in the middle. Uh this is Joe. I work with him at Nickelodeon and um he is a Twitch TV broadcasting genius. <laughs> Yeah, it, you you said that before, genius, and I actually commented on it before we even started. I'm I'm I appreciate it. That's super nice of you. Uh, <laughs> I I refuse to take on that title, even if it's uh it's set now. But uh... I mean, to me, you're a genius, and I think to people that you're that you're listen, that are going to be listening to this, like who know nothing about Twitch and nothing about game development, nothing about the community. I think like it's above and beyond an information dump. Um, and it's this phenomenon that's just been growing lately and I don't, it's going to be really interesting when like Twitch hits the, when like Spike TV puts a Twitch channel, right? you know, or when, I mean, there are lots of competitors, but this is like, they're getting, they're the fourth most trafficked website on the internet. That stat I did not know. And I almost spit my water out. Isn't that crazy? Wow. It's so more people are people. So people wow. are basically watching Twitch as much as they're going to Facebook. I mean, it's essentially TV, like I was saying. Yeah. It's live TV. Yeah. It's like watching a, it's, uh, a live football game. It is, for gamers, it's our hobby. Mm-hmm. You know, football play, or football nerds are, they're nerds. F- football people who, I mean, people who watch football on a regular basis and know every stat and know the players and know the teams and everything, they are nerds about football. And we are nerds about video games. And so you just have uh, probably a lot more nerds out there that are finally coming into their own going, oh, wait, we have a community? 
we have a space that we can meet communally and and talk and 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 not be judged super super harshly obviously the internet is a place for judgment unfortunately due to anonymity and and uh you know jerks dude bros i think but. that's shit yeah I, and i think that <laughs> but you in know this community I, I it's less get, of it people get a bad rap with that too i think it's changing a little you mm-hmm. know i think it's i think it's getting a little more accountable you know you think um, it's getting more accountable no no you don't <laughs> okay. no uh okay. maybe, maybe i'm being maybe i'm i'm i don't know yeah I've been streaming for about two years now. Maybe I'm just making myself more accountable. I use, right. well, you know, when, that's I'm, great. when I'm on Reddit, like I you. use my real name, which oh, is like great. people are like, yeah. you're insane. Yeah, see, I, I have never, you know? whenever I make a comment, I, I'm very much the same. Uh, I own it. I absolutely own it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, um, you know, they'll post under anonymous or not log in and post. So they're just user. Yeah. Or um, they'll make another account. And I mean, I've had people come in and just say the gnarliest things and just be like, okay, block. I am the master of that com- that channel. I can just block you. Uh, the best part is when you don't block them and you get your other people who are watching just destroying just this guy. Down. And you're like, okay, guys, let's keep it classy. You know, uh, Let's pull it back. Let's let this guy see if he has anything uh, valuable to say. And if he doesn't, a mod can ban him. What it, <laughs> I, what, it, what it does is it creates like there's a really nice uh, garden for insults. <laughs> You know, no I mean, kidding. I have like, I remember playing Modern Warfare 2 and there were just 13 year olds saying things to me mm-hmm. in combinations of words. <laughs> and like, it's got its own I, language. I have yeah. no idea yeah, how you come up with an insult. It's a culture specific yeah, language. It really you know? is. I mean, noob, leet speak, stuff like yeah. that. It's all been developed in, yeah. in this realm. And, and why wouldn't there be insults? Why yeah. wouldn't there be. Uh, I mean, when you're learning a new language, right? Or when you meet somebody who knows a, a, another language and you're just like, oh man, Estonian? How do you say, uh, how do you say this swear in right, Estonian? Right, right. And immediately they're like, really? That's the first thing you want to know? It's like, yeah. It's the first yeah, thing everybody wants to know. Right? So in, in a language, the first thing that, that's probably appealing is, is for some unknown reason is how do I insult somebody else? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we all want to fight. Uh, I'm mostly just impressed by it. Right. You know? <laughs> right I mean, it's right. just sure, like, exactly. <laughs> this is a brand new thing. Right. Just... Um, so tomorrow I'm going to be playing uh, The Valiant Hearts, The Great War. That looks awesome. It looks awesome. Story wise, right? especially. Yeah. yeah. It's supposed to be, I think it's like very art driven. Yes. It's a French game. I think it was made, made in France. Yeah. I'm not sure about that. I'll have to I, look into that. I'm going to suggest one for you A yeah. Darkest Dungeon. Darkest Dungeon. Uh, I think I've seen most of the people that I came up streaming with, meaning mm-hmm. like all the people who grew at about the same rate that I did, uh, started around the same time I did to due to Dawngate and stuff. They are playing that right now. What is Darkest Dungeon? It's it's a it's like a side scroller RPG, kind of like Child of Light, but with just more interesting things. Okay. Uh, I, I liked the system for the you know twenty minutes that I watched. Mm-hmm. I might even play it myself. I don't know if it's stream worthy for me. Yeah. Uh, I, I tend to find that um, turn based things just fall under the not stream live stream worthy. But you can make a video and put it on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And comment on it then. But for some reason, you just it's just rare to get some uh, turn based or slow gameplay like that you, to get viewers for stuff like yeah, that. It's, yeah. it's, I mean... I love turn-based yeah. games. So, so I mean, I. I think there's, yeah, there's very little, like, action in them. Mm-hmm. So I think they're not... I've been playing through Wasteland watchable. 2. I don't know if oh, you remember yeah. Wasteland 1 or, or... Yeah, I played it a little over Christmas break. I took it on the plane with me to right. play on the plane. Uh, Wasteland 1 or 2. 2. 2, yeah. Two. I yeah. got through that city where you the go underground one. with the plants. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I just finished that as well. And and the game is cool. But it was I, really difficult. I, I, like, I love I love Fallout Tactics. Everyone's like, what's your favorite game? I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's Fallout Tactics. What's Fallout Tactics? Fallout Tactics is, excuse me, in the Fallout realm, the uh, the post-apocalyptic, um, you know, uh, Pip-Boy, you know, the, the little yellow-haired dude with his thumb up. Um, everyone played Fallout. It, there, there's a big revitalization of it recently sure, sure. with the, the 3D versions. Um, but, uh, yeah, so this was a tactics-style Fallout game where um, you got to use these cool weapons and shotguns. It's, it's very reminiscent of uh, Wasteland and Wasteland 2. Uh, and I actually uh, tweeted out uh, to one of the developers on Wasteland 2 saying thank you for, like, recreating something so awesome that was a it was a kickstarter wasn't it was it? yeah and i yeah. actually this is one of the games where i was kind of referring to it earlier when i said 
you know, you get involved into um, an alpha or a beta and you show up in a level and there's literally nothing in it. And then you walk out and you go somewhere else and you fight and stuff. And there's half the mechanics working. The game is completely not done, completely uncom or completely incomplete. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, and so I stepped away from it for a while. But I followed. I talked in the forums. I followed the the uh, the progress. And then I came back to it and I actually streamed a little bit of it. I got a few people watching, but I just don't think that they're stream worthy for my type of audience. Sure. Uh, or I, or I'm not entertaining enough in the way that a turn based game would require. Um, so I, I mean, I suggest. Have you put played? It on uh, <laughs> have you played Massive Chalice? No. Massive Chalice is basically an XCOM clone oh, made by the XCOM. Double Fine guys. Okay, great. And it, uh, they introduced this new mechanic where you've got families and lineages. Mm. So you decide who the regent of a re of a region is going to be, mm -hmm. who the king or queen is going to be, and then they have a certain set of traits, and then you you pair them in marriage. Great. And then they have kids. Oh, nice. And there are like a couple of different classes. You know, there's a ranged class and a melee class right. and, all, and uh, like an alchemist class. And that was and that was an early release. That was like an open, uh, it was pre-beta. Awesome. I think pre-beta. Yeah. And um, really a lot of fun. But there were things in there where, yeah, like you get to the end of the game and you're just, it's like a, a panning cart. Oh, yeah. You know, and like the story doesn't resolve. Right. And you were like, oh man, pre-beta. Yeah. Pre-beta. Yeah. Pre <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then they changed the mechanics a bunch where you would, uh, you'd be able to mix the families in different ways and you could have hybrid classes mm. where you'd, you know, you'd get like 60% of a, of an archer. Right. And like 40% of a Oh, that sounds millions. great. It was I'm going to really dive cool. in. And that might be, what do you think about like XCOM? XCOM as a turn-based streaming. Thing. I I definitely said that I've seen a lot of XCOM streams. Mm -hmm. The the thing with XCOM is there's lots of turnaround. Um, if you play a mission, right, good luck right. beating the game. You can play a mission uh, and and lose everybody, and you're basically boned. Yeah. You're you're not going to be able to beat the game. Uh, you get these new recruits that just won't last through the next levels. Right. You have to keep people alive. So I see a lot of restarts. Um, What's amazing, though, the first time that I um, I saw somebody play XCOM, it was actually Distracted Elf on Twitch TV. So twitch.com slash Distracted Elf. She's an awesome streamer. She's so much fun. Mm -hmm. She does um, Pathfinder and stuff like that. So you can you can find that kind of community there as well, path okay. like live Pathfinder games. But anyway, so she was streaming. Um, she was streaming the. Uh, What's a Pathfinder game? For Pathfinder is, is kind of like Dungeons & Dragons. It's okay. um, it's tabletop RPG. Okay. Um, but they do it on Roll20.com or .net. It's one of those two, shoot, uh, which is an amazing website. Uh, okay. I've even put some of my board and card games on there and tested it with viewers, which is a great place to do it. We'll look into that, and we'll put links on the website. To Please do. Stuff. Yeah, it's great. Um, so anyway, so um, plays XCOM, but the reason why I watched was because she decided to name a character after me. I was like, that is genius. There you go. So it's not just playing the game, but interactive play with your audience as well. Yeah. And uh, I, I wrecked people as that character. I was just, I survived the most thing, like things that I should not have survived. And I just absolutely was the star. And I was like, run and gun, make me run and gun. Let me take, like, just send me to the front lines. And she's like, you're going to die. I'm like, it's okay. I don't care. Yeah. She's like, I do. That's but a great way to engage it was, the audience. It was excellent. Stuff. And when I finally did die, it was like the whole stream was like, no, Mozzie. <laughs> so it was, it was a really community uh, played game, kind of like, um, you know, Twitch plays Pokemon, which was a horrible experiment. Oh my God, that was a great experiment. <laughs> no, it was horrible for was streamers that? and 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 great. Actually, it was horrible for Twitch in that it bogged everything down because thousands of people were doing this. Yeah, and which is cool. That it's was a, a very phenomenal. cool experiment, but so, it was just horrible for us. Let, let me ways. pause you for a second. Please, yeah. uh, so people need to know about this. If you've if you've made it this far into the stream, <laughs> congratulations, uh, because and thank um, you. Yeah, Twitch plays Pokemon is something that you should you should right away look up online, and I'll try to find like a Wikipedia page for people too because uh, Twitch plays Pokemon is people live streamed Pokemon on Twitch, and then the chat room decided what the moves would be based on some kind of democratic process, right? I think it was you could enter in like a command and. 
if it, it was kind of like a vote command. Yeah. So if, you know, 70 people voted this and 30 people voted the other thing, then you were doing the first one. Even to move the character through the realm. So if yeah. you're going up, right, left, down, like mm-hmm. pressing A, pressing B, yeah. like regular Nintendo controls, people were literally voting on every move that they were making. And they ended up beating Pokemon in like two days, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, it was something crazy. It's something crazy. And then like they played days. through it again, and they did it and again. Then they played through yeah. it again. And they found out that this is what I found most fascinating about it is like a sociological experiment. They found out that um, in a voting system, 40% of like something like 40% of the players are griefers. Mm hmm. So whenever there, so think about a national election when you were voting for president of the United States of America, Imagine if. you know, like 13% of the population is actually voting for the president because they want that guy to be president. And there's like 40% of the population is just, is just there to shit on the other guy. Right. Right. You know, so that's what, so uh, that's what they saw in Twitch plays Pokemon is they saw people that would just put in the wrong command on purpose to kill the character mm-hmm. just to see the character die and to, and to kick up garbage on the community. Right. You know, and just troll people. So, you know, the it's, trolls are, the trolls are a real psychological and sociological phenomenon that I think, so they put governors in there. They put governors mm-hmm. in there. So it, uh, there was a, if a certain amount of the population voted to go into like autocracy, Mm-hmm. They would go into an autocracy mode that would last for like ten to fifteen minutes. Wow! Where they would just be able to power through some commands, right? And then it would kick back to democracy unless a democracy vote was called for in in a period of autocracy. Gotcha. And they actually found out that the switching back and forth between autocracy and, and democracy with a certain set of rules mm-hmm. in place. Uh, it was was the yeah. best way to have the system yeah. and have the system move forward. That's but so it is a testament to democracy that even with the griefers that were out there that were... It was still were, working. Yeah, it yeah. was still working. Yeah. They beat the game. They beat the game. Yeah. So that there's hope. I, so I, I did say earlier it was a horrible experiment. I, I was coming from the point of view of a streamer who mm-hmm. was trying to stream at the same time. That's one thing about Twitch is uh, that you don't get on you know cable TV yeah. or, or anything. Uh, you get lag. Uh, you know, it's my computer's upload speed and connection to their servers going through this program. And um, I, I don't think that it's perfected yet. And I don't think that Twitch has uh, done a good enough job with their servers quite yet. I mean, they're amazing. I mean, they're handling an they're, enormous they're amount of traffic. They're amazing, but are they good enough? Yeah. Are, are they throttling? Are they giving more bandwidth to the higher players? I mean, I don't know if we they can handle kind of like 40% of the internet. Right. You know, at any given time, which is what like Twitch plays Pokemon was, you know, culling millions of of people. Absolutely. Millions of people were hitting, especially when they beat it. Yeah. And it went, you know, it went viral on like Kotaku. Oh, yeah. Kotaku is a game website that I really recommend. Absolutely. Really love Kotaku. They're great. Um, Yeah. What a great experiment. That's what excites me about the Internet. Yeah. And what excites me about gaming. You know, I really feel like gaming is... It's the next evolution of our art as 3D artists. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to know how to program. You have to know how to create the art. And you have to be able to develop puzzles and problem solve on the fly. Mm-hmm. And think about other people developing puzzles and problem solving against the rules that you're creating. Absolutely. You know, so it's really this, like, next peak art form, mm-hmm. I feel. So there's there's actually a... Um, uh, a huge shift from people and I don't say it's taking away from it's not a negative shift it's just an additional uh, step that people who make video games are also making board games uh, or vice versa and I think that they're starting to because the board game revolution has, has come it's back mm-hmm. it's growing again with with the uh, introduction of euro games to uh, to the the geek culture uh, you're seeing that there's a lot of um, uh, board games popping up from from video game designers and vice versa uh, and I think that uh, you do have to think slightly differently uh, you can code AI mm-hmm. um, now you just have to translate that to a board game how does a board game have AI movement uh, is it player driven is it card driven is it um, is right. it a rule on that that character that right. just moves it um, how do they attack what do they target 
so it's been a really interesting process for me too. to, um, I, I haven't made video games. I've thought of them, uh, but I haven't made them. So it's been an interesting process for me to kind of do AI in a board game form and then think, wow, how would this be done? How much easier would this be in a digital? Well, I don't, I I mean, I think what you're doing is the right way to do it. And I think when people like Sid Meier sit down and like they, uh, like at Fraxis, they sit down to do a video game. I know that they make board game models Mm -hmm. of the mechanics, Mm -hmm. you know, because you just want to start with the root mechanics. Right. Um, if you just go right into programming the video game, it's been my experience so far that, you know, it's such a multi multi-dimensional level of variables that you're dealing with that, you know, even when it's something as simple as like the character's health, the character's health, you can tie to the character, right? Right. But the character's health also has to deal with mechanics from the AI and mechanics from the game itself. So you're looking at all of these different buckets and you have to, you know, like, is the sword item that you pick up going to relate to the character? Or is it going to relate to the game? Right. Or is it going to relate to the AI? And it's kind of has to relate to everything, but it has to be sequestered within, like, scripts that you write for the character. Sure. Or scripts that you write for the game. Right. And it's just, like, thinking that stuff through on the fly as you're doing it is nearly impossible. Right. It's nearly, and you'll inevitably, like, like screw yourself. Well, there's... You have to backtrack. And absolutely. There's... Reverse. I don't know coding languages. I, I know my embedded language, Mel, very mm-hmm. minutely, and, and a little bit of Python, a little bit of Java, but not enough to make a game. Uh, however, there's this program called Game Salad. Uh, at gamesalad.com, you can, uh, you can download the game for free, or mm-hmm. the program for free, and you code without coding. You code with logic bricks. So as long as you can logic your way through something, you can make your own game. Yeah, Game Salad is very cool. It's awesome. So I I actually streamed for a while the creation of this one game. And uh, it's very much as you say, uh, you know, putting putting HP, uh, do you put it on as the game attribute or do you put it as the character attribute? But then you have to figure out how that's going to link up to other things. How are you going to affect it? You might need to put it on the character and then put an attribute that mimics it on the game itself like underneath the actual game and then and then connect it is that an instance of the function or is that its own function or is it it's mind exactly and and there were several times where i was like well looks like i'm deleting that because that won't work and and it's like an hour in and i've got uh i've got everything working amongst itself and then i add in this one element it's like oh that's not gonna work now i now have to backtrack and you're absolutely right i think game design is is uh, an amazing um jump into the world of logic and and actually i said this earlier too i I think that people don't value play enough i think that people um they put the kibosh on on play and they they say it's you know it's video games it's it's got a negative stigma uh and that's bad I, i think that should go away immediately because you are you put a kid to play tetris you they're they're learning uh, timing, dexterity. They're they're multitasking. They are planning. Uh, they're looking forward. They're they're doing uh, that like individual move planning and planning ahead of time. And it's getting faster and faster. And this is just Tetris. They're they're doing geometry. They're doing shapes. Uh, uh, you know, like um, how does one thing fit into another? It, there's so much going on in just Tetris. Just Tetris. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine a game that has so much more to it. Uh, Mario. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, you like you watch these guys talk at these guys give uh, talks at PAX, mm-hmm. which is like a, a game conference, Penny and, Arcade Expo. Yeah, yeah, and um, PAX, uh, and they they go into game theory. You know, they go into like very fundamental things that shape public policy or shape economics. Yeah, a lot of people know? don't realize that game theory. If you go to take a game theory class in college, it's not how to create a video game. It's stuff like the Prisoner's Dilemma. Right. Yeah. Right. Which you should totally look that up if you don't know what it is. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. The Prisoner's Dilemma is, and that's the first. That's the ba- you can uh, go to iTunes and uh, Yale has a set of courses on on game theory that are just amazing and free and free. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they start with the Prisoner's. I think Stanford does it too, or something like that. Brown. They have it as well. Yeah, it's amazing. And it's just, uh, it's so good. Um, just, uh, it's really dry. Yeah, the prisoner's dilemma is basically uh, John Nash. John Nash like worked with it back in the fifties, and um, the prisoner's dilemma is basically like if the way he described it was: if I have cash and you have a diamond, 
and we have to meet somewhere and exchange the cash for the diamond, mm-hmm. uh, there are basically four possible scenarios. And the first scenario is neither of us meet for the exchange. So that's a loss. Mm-hmm. That's a loss, right? We meet for the exchange and I take the diamond, you take the cash and that's, that's a win. And then the other two scenarios where we meet and I kill you and I take the cash and the diamond or, or we versa. meet and you kill me and take mm-hmm. the cash and the diamond. So 75% of the time in the prisoner's dilemma is a loss, right? So you have to go into knowing that it's a 75% loss. You go into it with the psychology that <laughs> the only way to play this game is to screw the other guy. See, I, I've heard it. I've heard another one too, where, um, as the way that I know the prisoner's dilemma, it's that um, you and I have been arrested for a crime. Mm-hmm. And we can get uh, 20 years in prison, both of us, for this crime very easily. And the the police officer will say to you, or the lawyer or whatever, will say, or the judge or whoever it is, will, mm-hmm. will, or arbiter will say, will say to you, um, if uh, you rat your friend out, you get, um, you get half time. And they say that same thing to me. And so now it's, well, shoot, for me, we can both go to prison for the same amount of time and it's fair. Or I can go to prison for half the time and you'll go. However, there's a caveat. If you rat me out and I rat you out, we go for full time. Mm-hmm. Or it's it's something it's yeah, something so along it's those the, lines. It's so the, it's still it's the, the same, same situation. Yeah. It's and it's really tough to it's decide. The same because, matrix of Yes. But you, you're you're trying to figure out not just it's not just probability because it's beyond that. It's actually knowing the other person. It's actually right, a right, psycho- right. It's actually psychology at that point. It's it, would he be willing to rat me out? And if you listen, if you go, if you go listen to those those lessons on iTunes, the first the first class is the prisoner's dilemma, which we just talked about. But then, like the next the next matrix grid, because that's basically a four by four grid right. of decision making. The next matrix grid that the professor talks about goes into it's that it's that same four by four grid but now you're le- you're adding a layer of is the player rational or irrational right underneath yeah because then you have to know <laughs> and this goes back to i mean this is why we resource grab as a country mm-hmm. you know because it's either us or the next guy resourcing gra- resource grabbing so you know in those two scenarios where i either screw you or you screw me we've got to get out there and screw the other guy first, right? Because someone's going to get screwed, and it's not going to be us, you know. So they've been shaping foreign policy on this for like sixty years. It's, it's kind of like what you were saying earlier. The the griefers is you know, well, most of the people out there voting are voting just so the other guy doesn't win. Yeah, it's it's really it's madness. It's, it's an economic, <laughs> it's an economic and, and psychological and socio psychological uh, experiment. I mean, all of all of game theory is is trying to explain that, and there's almost no right answer sometimes and that's and you know like you were saying before that's why it's so important to play these games and and to get into this stuff because you can see mechanics where people are just you know there's some games you play like monopoly are are really just your your person voting you know like you're deciding at the beginning people are going to make alliances but you're you're basically deciding on a popularity contest who's playing monopoly who's going to win a really interesting fact about monopoly it's not the whole game Originally, that game was designed to also have a downfall because it was it was a it was supposed to teach people. Uh, it was supposed to be like a, a satire on, on about the rise and fall of a of, of a, a real estate mogul. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so uh, originally, it, you and and uh, who was it? Uh, Parker Brothers. Yeah. Uh, I think they. I hope that I'm saying that one that they were the ones, but they, whoever the, the creator or, or the distributor and, and purchaser of the, the game, they decided, nah, that's sad. That's really, that's really depressing. We don't want the winner to also potentially lose. So essentially the game was before, it seems like, I, I don't know, I don't have all the details, but it seems like uh, whoever won first lost first. And then that's fascinating. As, as long that's... as you didn't win first and lose first, you won. You just had to stick around. It's <laughs> like it's like the '80s would have been completely different, right? Right. <laughs> like yeah. history would have been completely yeah. different yeah. If, if people didn't game, grow yeah. up. If people played grow up, grew up playing that game, yeah. yeah, the way it was originally intended. Yeah. Well, dude, that's the hour. That's it's been a blast. Man. How easy was that? I mean, it's great. W- would you mind if I plug myself before we go? Do it, man. All right. So it. so follow me at Twitter uh, or in on Twitter at the Blue Muzzy. Uh, 
spelled exactly how it sounds. Uh, Twitch.tv slash the blue muzzy. Um, YouTube slash the blue muzzy. Facebook page? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's Facebook slash uh, the blue muzzy two, the number two, because, um, you know, I did some something stupid. I made a page that was the blue muzzy and then I deleted it and then I realized that, no, wait, that's exactly what I wanted to do and then I couldn't get it again. Uh, so, and yeah, so that's lovely. That happens to the best of us. Yeah. I'll also plug the podcast so you can follow us on Twitter at Podcast Nonsense. You can check us out on Twitch TV uh, at, you know, Twitch TV slash Podcast Nonsense. You can go to Podcast Nonsense on YouTube. Facebook, Instagram, wherever you are on the internet, you can find us. Just look for Podcast Nonsense. And if you're out there and you've made it this far, please, please, please send us some feedback. You can also email us at uh, podcastnonsense at gmail.com. And I, I would really like feedback, whether it's good or it's bad. If you just want to grief me or troll me or you want to give me some kudos, um, all feedback is appreciated, and I just want to make this uh, the best experience for the people that are listening to it. So let me know if you're listening to it, and let us know what you'd like to hear more of or what you wouldn't like to hear anymore. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Joe, for coming by. See you, man.